For two plus decades now, Blue October has been stirring audiences. We've watched, followed, and loved them from the early beginnings of Hate Me to whatever they show us tomorrow. We bleed blue, and many of us have used that blue blood and this amazing music to get through our own experiences. It's always been there. Welcome to Just Sway, the Blue Experience, where your host, Lucas Peterson, takes on and shares everything Blue October. Let's Just Sway. to a live show there's nothing like it just life-changing it was so spiritual I mean there was you're grinning ear to ear and then you're crying and then you're just so pumped up and but you know everyone experiences these blue October feelings you know you go to a show and all these emotions and when it's over you're like fuck I, I want to go again and you know wish it would just keep going Summertime is one of those times of the year where music and concert lovers find immense delight. The weather gets nice outside and bands and artists fire up the festival and touring schedules. Of course, if you're a Blue October fan, you usually don't have to wait until summer concert season to catch the band performing live somewhere. In fact, there are times of the year where it seems that the guys of Blue October and their incredible road crew are gone for months, then home for a week or two only to head out on tour again. They'll do a winter tour, come home for the holidays, leave again and tour Europe for a month and a half, and then come back to the U.S. and go right into spring and summer concert dates. From the outside, I can only say that it appears a relentless schedule. And through watching all of this from other fans' perspectives, it doesn't take long to notice that a great number of Blue October fans will attend multiple shows, some of them even traveling good distances to be part of the audience at a live concert. There's not a whole lot of investigation necessary to recognize the fact that a Blue October concert is like no other concert out there. My name is Lucas Peterson and welcome to episode 8, Blue Therapy. Thank you for joining me here. I appreciate you listening. In this episode, I wanted to focus on the live shows, the concerts that bring us fans together to hear and see this music performed right in front of us. I wanted to get more of an insight as to why Blue October concerts are this completely different type of concert. But first, remember, if you enjoyed Just Sway, please do me a favor and leave a rating or a review on iTunes or wherever you get your podcasts. And if you haven't done so yet, hit that little subscribe button and you'll be notified automatically when a new episode is available. It's like magic. Boom. It's just there. A new episode. You can also follow the show on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter by searching for Just Sway Show. I would love to hear and see what you have to say about the podcast. So take a screenshot and tag the show. And make sure to share it with your friends, too. To start, I posted on the Instagram Just Sway page asking how you would generally describe a Blue October live concert. I wanted to share some of the comments that I got in response. That girl you know wrote, Electrifying. 
while this Italian girl said, Souls Colliding, Intimate Deep Revelations. I heard as well from Sarah, who said she loved meeting new people online and seeing familiar faces. And lastly, Instagram user Write Your Own Song replied, It's mostly indescribable. However, the closest I can come is, they open your soul, make you feel emotions most cannot. They grab hold of your core and lift you up. It's quite euphoric. I loved all of these and thank you for all the comments. And interestingly enough, my first guest, Heather from Mix 94.1 out of Las Vegas, also focuses on the crowd when she goes to Blue October concerts. As someone who's been in the radio business for almost a decade and seen many concerts and live performances, I wanted her thoughts on why Blue October concerts were this unique experience. How many live rock concerts or concerts of any sort would you say you've been to? If you I were gonna count, dude. I probably I probably see over fifty a year. Okay, so one a week, right <laughs> around. That's pretty yeah, awesome. Like, well, yeah, because there's some. Well, okay, maybe not that many. Maybe it, how about we say at least five a month? Five months. Five a month? Well, okay. Over exaggerate because, like, so, oh, I guess that's more than fifty-two. I can't do math, but I see a lot of freaking concerts. There's some months I see ten concerts, or some months I see no concerts. So let's just say I've seen a lot. I literally have a ticket book full of concerts. <laughs> okay, so and you've seen Blue October live. I'm I was kind of making an assumption, but I, I kind of figured that was a an easy <laughs> one since we kept talking. Um, yeah, I've seen them probably at least over 10 times. 10 times. Yeah, at least. I've been to a lot of concerts. I've been a music fan for a long time as well. So I've been to all different types of concerts. But there's something about a Blue October concert. So, Okay, so this is really funny you should ask this. Because last time I went to a Blue October concert, I remember like sitting on the side. Like our seats were on like the side of the stage. So I remember looking out at the crowd and being like, I've never seen more fans passionate about a concert than I do like Blue October. There's something about the way he reaches, Justin reaches his fans in his writing that blows my mind because there's so many people that are just there and they're like giving all their effort. So it's, it's a very different experience when you go to a Blue October concert. That's a great description. I liked that. And it, you're probably watching it, I would assume, from up front or stage left or something like that because you've got the in with the radio stuff right yes and no there's been times where i was like in the crowd i think the last concert that i saw of theirs was our christmas show and uh, i wanted to be in the front to watch it there's just something about it man it's very different but yeah, yeah I, most of the time i am on the side side or whatever but i like watching the audience at a blue october concert a lot too that's cool. I've never, I've, I haven't heard anybody put it that way, but, and you know, when we're all there as fans, myself included in that group, I'm watching them. You know, I'm not trying to watch yeah. Joe Schmo, Whatever. whoever. People doing. Yeah, exactly. I mean, I've gone yeah, with some I watch, friends. I watch the crowd. Yeah, that's, that's so cool. So, I mean, I agree with you. Justin is one hell of a performer and that connection is deeper uh, with him and the fans, with Blue October, this music and the fans. I can't articulate it. And that's why I want to talk to people. That's why I get this information from other, other people. But anything else that you notice when you're watching people doing this? Do you, do you see anything? Any kind of memories come to mind? Uh, other than like seeing them like belt out every word and a lot of people are crying. And a lot of people are just staring at Justin like he's like 
like guys and girls. Like I, this is the best way to describe music to, for me. And I feel like a lot of Blue October fans can relate. Justin doesn't realize this, but he's a therapist to a lot of people with his writing. Mm-hmm. And a lot of people sit and listen to the same song over and over and over again um, as therapy. And so they feel like Justin really knows him or knows them. So when they go see it live, they look at him like, man, you're just, you're telling me everything I need to hear. Like they're almost like Justin's like their therapist. Yeah. That's a, another good description. You're, you're good at, you're articulating it very well. Well, I'm a big music fan and I watch a lot of concerts and I do really like Blue October's music. I think they do a very good job performing live and I feel like they do a really good job with their, their lyrics, the whole band. Cause I know not every song is written by Justin, but I can appreciate that band in a lot of ways. And the way that I met Justin was kind of a, a very not normal way from when I was starting in radio. Like the way he came into the studio, I was like, who is this wreck? So I've always had a special place in my heart for that band because of how I met him. Do you want to share that story or is that, was sure, that pretty I, much I, I, go for it? Yeah, no, I can. Um, what happened was um, I just started radio. I think I was only like a year into radio. My coworker, Sean Tempesto, was going to interview Justin. And Justin walked in. And I was brand new. So I didn't really, I, I was just kind of watching Sean and how he does his thing so I could do my own thing in the future. I remember Justin walking in and remember listening to the interview going on from the other room. And I remember being like, holy fuck, who's this train wreck? Like, what is he doing? Because he was crying and like, don't hate me if Justin ever hears this. Um, he was like overweight and like, he just seemed to be like this blob of a mess. And I've, I've said this to his face. And I just remember like being like crying with him because of his stories and being like, oh my God, this guy is a mess. And it's crazy to see how much Justin has changed his life around and how far he's come. So that's why he will forever have a special place in my heart because yeah, the way I met him was very unique to me when I started in radio. What uh, time frame was that? Uh, it had to be... I've been in radios for nine years, so it had to be like about eight years ago. Okay. That's some pretty, that was, yeah, that was about the, the dark, dark times, maybe almost towards the end the of dark the dark times. times. Yeah. <laughs> well, I mean, he calls them that. I, that's not my words. That's his words. Yeah. That, oh, that's, that's a cool story. I like that one. I mean, it's, it's. Yeah. So I just remember interviewing all these bands and all these bands were like upbeat and excited. And I remember meeting him and being like, what the F? <laughs> No, that's cool. So, and they're playing in Vegas on Friday. And where is it in Vegas? Is it at the Hard Rock again? No, it's at Brooklyn Bowl. Brooklyn Bowl. Is that what? Okay, maybe I'm getting Vegas and Reno confused, but. No, um, no, no, you're not. Because he played, they, they played Hard Rock in December of last year. And then in June of last year, they played um, Brooklyn Bowl. So okay. I think they normally do go to the Brooklyn Bowl. I think that's their normal spot. We just happen to hire them for a Christmas show. So that's why they played Hard Rock. Okay. And kind of, I think, I think this might be a um, final question here, but what's your favorite song of theirs to see live? Uh, you knew I was going to get you with a tough one. Uh, you know what? I think forever my favorite will be hate me. And I know that's so generic of me, but since that was the first song that I heard on mix from them and that song, every time he does it, 
like especially this last tour when he did like acoustically and mm-hmm. just watching the whole audience like sing along and stuff like that it was just very heartfelt and i enjoy it and i think that would be my answer i know it's a really bad answer but i don't think it's a bad because answer. of radio yeah. land <laughs> well some of oh, about you know that what, song though, second favorite Wait, yes hang on there's a second favorite when they do uh oh my god is it colors collide yes the name of the song am i thinking that? that's a new one okay that's the name of the song right yeah yeah, yeah. i love watching them do that song it is so good and i enjoy it so much and if they don't play Friday, I will cry. <laughs> that's the one who, where that's he'll a, take the water bottles. I, I enjoy listening to that. i watching that song personally for me. But watching Hate Me has a very special place. Hate me today. Hate me tomorrow. Good answer on both. I think uh, kind of different perspectives there you know but definitely fan favorite songs for both of those it, colors collide is definitely a, a song that's better live i i agree with you it's just one of those jam out rock you hard songs it's a classic yeah, and the way look. they did the light yeah and the way they do the lights for that song like the red i was just like oh, oh I like <laughs> what's that one song oh my god radio something um or not radio um italian radio Yes, that song's really fun to watch live too. Mm-hmm. Or yodels. Yeah, that's another good one. Yeah, now I'm getting hype for this concert on Friday. That's awesome. That's so cool. Yeah, I'm I'm very jealous. I've I you know I've I've not seen them a ton. I've talked to plenty of people who have seen them many many more times than me. But every time there's a show, it's just a it's a countdown. I'm telling you. Man, I'm excited just listening to how excited Heather got there. The insight from someone who sees so many performers was invaluable. Thank you, Heather. And you all need to follow her on Instagram, too. At Radio Heather. Great personality and someone who's just full of life. I love watching her feed. Certainly that connection between artist and audience is a legitimate reason and gives some better understanding into why Blue October concerts are therapeutic in a sense. As well, Blue October has worked immensely hard for many years to nurture and grow this incredible collection of fans that are so allegiant. And it hasn't always been easy. Something Keeve, who's attended over 200 of their shows, gave a little attention to. That allegiance, which is so inherent in the multitude of the Blue October faithful. Like, he's not going to do... Like they're not gonna just stop making music and get regular jobs. Like this is what they were meant to do, and they're gonna keep doing it as you know for the rest of their lives. And not that they can't do anything else, but like this is their purpose. And and also that they have a fan base that they really um, put a lot of work in cultivating, and that are very loyal to them. And will you know no matter how many times. Blue October comes back to a city, the fans will always show up. And they really worked hard to to build that fan base and they and knowing that the fans will always come back. And and just that the, the music is just good. It like it connects to people and they put on a great show. But yeah, there had been times when the fans were worried that like, oh, this might be the end, you know, or but 
I think, I mean, they've been through, through so, and, and once you've been through so much, like something else that's smaller comes along and you're like, oh, you know, we, we got through worse. We can keep going. This isn't a problem. So. Yeah, no, definitely. What do you make of that fan loyalty with this band, with Blue October? What do you think? Because there's something special. There's something unique. Definitely there something is. different here. What, what? And I've, I've, I've always heard it's, uh, it's not just a concert. It's not just a band. It's not just music. It's, it's like a group therapy session. Mm-hmm. And, um, and that it's something that people need. Like, and, and Blue October tours just about, or more than just about any other band that I've ever known. And it's, it's funny because, you know, if a band plays your town once every few years, you kind of, you're like, you're satisfied with that. But Blue October fans are like, oh, you just played my town. When are you going to come back? And, you know, just a few weeks later, they're always, they're like, oh, they're, my city's not on their new, new tour dates. Well, you know, why aren't they coming back? It's like, ah, oh, you you're lucky to get them so often. Uh-huh. But, but yeah, it's, it's like a need that people have to get fulfilled pretty often. Just, it's like, uh, I don't know, it's, it's therapeutic. Yeah, that's a great word for it. It's totally therapeutic. Yeah, and and what I tell people is if they're not coming to your town, then you got to go to wherever they are, yep. which I was lucky enough to, to see them back in the day when um, and when I was in college. And if I wanted to go to more shows, I could just skip class. And <laughs> now I got a, you know, more responsibility. But they would, you know, come up here to the Midwest and play every college town you know, for a few weeks and then go home for a couple of weeks and then come back a few weeks later and do it again. Within my first couple of years of following them, I, I saw over a hundred shows easily. And it didn't even seem like that's what I was doing all the time. It's just like they play that many shows and and that many shows close to me geographically. And also what I've noticed is if you listen to the album before you see it live, you have a different opinion of it. And then when you see it live, it all kind of clicks and makes sense. I think Approaching Normal was kind of like that for me because that was the first album that Justin wrote after he had been a father. And, you know, everybody was worried like, oh, he's not going to have, you know, aggressive songs anymore. It's all going to be, you know, sweet lullabies and <laughs> songs that you sing to little kids. And, and there were a few of those, but then, and you might think, oh, you know, I don't care for these. But then when you see it live and it all fits into the story of the album, it, you know, it, it makes sense. The story of the album. Essentially, that's what a Blue October concert is. A collection of stories put to music with rhythm that we all gather around to hear and watch be performed. And yet it's so much more, right? And whether you're seeing the full band live or an open book performance or a small acoustic radio set, it's incredibly special. Katie had been a fan for a few years before she got to see them live for the first time. But her first experience with them was unique in that she got two unique concerts in one day. From then on, like so many, that was the hook that got her. Listen to Approaching Normal kind of just came in obsession. So finally, like they come around here a lot. Like they're, they come, like twice a year in my area, like not even just my area, but like down the road from my apartment, <laughs> there's a place, uh, the, what is it called? The Kirby Center? Is that, that's their next show they're coming to. But before that, a couple of months ago, they were at the Woodlands, which was another place like right down the road from here. And they do it like every single year. So 
right after hearing Approaching Normal, they did a show in Scranton, which is right outside of Wilkes-Barre. Our radio show had them come up and do like a private show. And there was probably like 50, maybe 100 people there. And yeah, that's the first time I got to see them. The radio had us um, do like a meet and greet right after. The show was free too, so it was kind of cool. So they they gave us a free show and a free meet and greet right afterwards. And then I was kind of hooked after that. I haven't stopped going to their shows within like a two hour driving distance after that. <laughs> yeah, I know the feeling. <laughs> their, their live shows are uh, certainly something else. And, you know, I don't know how many concerts you've, you had been to beforehand, but it's like once you go to a Blue October live show, it's almost like every other, it seems every other live concert is not nearly to the same effect. There's just, uh, no way. what are your impressions? Tell me about that first live experience. What did it mean to you? How did it move you? Well, the room that we were in, it was in the, uh, the Scranton Times building. So the Scranton Times building is the, the newspaper. And that's also where our local radio station is in that building. And they have like this, like, like I said, maybe max of 200 people to fit in this room of a stage. Okay. And at this show, there really wasn't that many people there. And you know what, I, I'm, now that I'm thinking of it, I'm pretty sure this was like a show before the actual concert at a bigger venue later that evening. Mm-hmm. And I'm pretty sure that yeah, now that I think, it was such a long time ago, but now that I think of it, I went to both that evening. Like, I went to the early show, which was the free one with the radio, and then the live, like, full band. So the first one was, like, all stripped down acoustic, and which we we all know, if you listen to Black October, the, his acoustic stuff is completely, it's, like, much slower and just a whole other vibe from when you're seeing a live show. So it was cool to see two, two aspects of, of their live their live um, performances, um, the acoustic stuff, I, I love it just as much. But when he sings, like the, the feeling that he has, he's like telling a story and he's so expressive with his emotions, like it's, it's unreal. Like it, he just like drags you in. The versatility of Justin to be able to perform so fluidly alone with just a guitar to moving around with the full band is another great draw for any concert. And he's also comfortable playing for a couple dozen to thousands. Reportedly, the largest audience to ever see a Blue October concert was at the Toyota Music Factory in Irving, Texas in October 2018. That was actually the show where I got the Just Sway title from, and it was the first time Jennifer saw them live. She described that for me, and we also talked about the differences of watching them from up close versus a little farther back and a large venue against a small venue. Daylight, that was the first song, right? Mm-hmm. That was awesome. I mean, I don't know. I, I love that song. You know, I've been listening to it on, you know, my phone for so long. I wanted to see him in person for so long. I don't know. It was, I think you have to go to know. I mean, just to experience that. I think if you're a fan of Blue October, you just, I mean, I would go again, like tomorrow. If yeah. they played in Dallas tomorrow, I'd go again. I don't care if it's the same set, same songs. Why is that? Is there something you can describe? Like, what is that? Why is it so different? Because I hear that, and I feel that same thing, and I see people say that on all these online forums and such. 
I think because he's, he's so real. I mean, if you see his Instagram, you know, I mean, he loves people. Mm-hmm. He loves meeting people. He loves his, you know, every day he's like, you know, I can't believe I get to do this. I can't believe it. And he's just, he's not a fake person up there singing. I mean, he's, you know, he truly loves what he does, mm-hmm. I think. And and you can just, I think you can feel that when he's singing. I could. Comes across. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, his his genuineness. Yeah. I mean, it's beyond passion. I think he's very, you know, he's thankful, very thankful for mm-hmm. this life. I mean, you know, his pretty much like a second chance, you know. The whole second chances thing is a huge thing for him. What was it like then being at their biggest show? Your first show was their <laughs> biggest show. I didn't show. realize it was their biggest show until like the next day on Instagram he was, you know, he had that picture. Mm-hmm. He was like, it was our biggest show. It's like, it was awesome. It was like 6,000 people. I've heard anywhere between six and 8,000. I mean, so, if you try know. to get tickets online, I mean, it was pretty much sold out. Except for the lawn stuff. Except for the lawn. <laughs> yeah. Which I was don't, pretty close, too. Yeah, I saw your pictures. Don't diss the lawn at the <laughs> Music Factory. I'm just saying. So I've now seen them twice there. My only two, My only concerts there have both been Blue October concerts, and I've seen them from, like, fifth row, Mm -hmm. basically, because the guy I went with, uh, we ended up getting really, really close. And then from the lawn, Mm -hmm. and phenomenal, both. The lawn is really cool because you get, well, first off, you have space. Mm -hmm. Like, where we were, we had space. But you get this vast overview and then the two big screens that they have on each side mm-hmm. are super cool. And then you've got the whole stage, so you get the whole light show. Yeah. Whereas, you know, being close has its advantages. Obviously, you can see them more. You can follow and interact with them almost. But you don't get that whole perspective. Yeah. So. And I think, you know, you've been so many times. and You've been up close so many times. So I think, you know, being in the back is, an, you know, like you said, a different perspective. Yeah. Yeah, that show in Abilene was crazy. You were really w- close. I was you were like right there. Second, <laughs> yeah. It was yeah. so small. It was, I mean, I I don't even think there was, I'd be exaggerating if there was probably a thousand people. Probably not even a thousand people. Wow. I couldn't even guess. It was small. And like when I walked into that venue and looked around, I was like, holy shit. <laughs> like this is going to be awesome. And then the meet and greet was great and... You know, meeting every time I do a meet and greet with them, it's phenomenal. It's all about steam, it's all about dreams, it's all about making the best out of everything. You'll know when you're fine. Feeling those stories that are so real, and if you know a little of the outside events, so very raw, feeling that through music can be life changing. We heard Heather talk about seeing people crying, because for some, These songs and this music lets us experience and feel what we might not be able to without it. And that's exactly why Dee Dee has been to so many concerts, even during times when, looking back, might have been questionable whether it was a good idea health-wise to be there at all. Dee Dee knew that there was something she needed that those live experiences brought her. I didn't start going to concerts probably until... 2016 so that was towards the end of the time when I was I was very sick 
And a lot of people really bucked me on doing that. I would have to prepare a couple of weeks ahead of time going to the shows and rest. And then I would pay for it for a while after. A lot of times I had my oxygen in tow and it was that whole nother level. When I went to those first few shows, it just amped everything up, that connection. It was such a spiritual experience. Listening to the music at home was amazing, but the way that the band is able to emote the depth of every song, it, it just, it was life-changing for me. It really was. And again, maybe there's a debate on whether I should have continued going to shows or not, but at that time, my outlook on how long I even had to live was bleak. And I was going to live my best life. And that was one of the things that was so, just so fulfilling for me, was the music and going to the shows. And it was just such a spiritual, even though physically my energy, I was wiped out every time. But spiritually and just fulfilling, I was on such a high. It just, just brought so much joy and depth and hope into my life so i i kept going i um from that time probably 2016 on up until now this last year i've i've been feeling great but i've probably been to 30 shows a little wow. bit over 30 shows and that was you know it was kind of bucket list stuff i guess i'm gonna if i'm if i'm going to part this world i'm gonna i'm gonna go i'm gonna live my best life I'm going to I'm going to live it to the fullest and even if it even if it takes me out I'm going to do what I love and I'm so thankful um this last just barely over a year ago I was finally diagnosed correctly and I'm doing really well I will have some there's some hang-ups now and then but it's pretty drastic from a year ago uh I've lost 140 pounds um, I'm off all prescription medications. I do still have to be on my oxygen at night. So thankful for the doctor that finally helped figure things out. But it's great that there's a, a bright light ahead. And now I can go to more shows. And well, you've gone to like keep... 10 a year on an average kind of thing. Yeah. Yeah. That's pretty I've, awesome. I probably this last this last year I've probably gone to, to the most. When things started going turning around, I did I did go to quite a few more and there's been quite a few that I went to by myself. Catching up, I guess make, making up for lost time. Yeah. So I, I think yeah. there's some beauty in that and especially yes. in what you're saying in the whole, you know, living your best life. I've shared some of the songs that really have helped me through those times. I, one of the amazing things that has happened is I had a family member that went uh, with me last year to a couple of shows and had never been and uh, is hooked now. Love it. And it, yeah, it just, it's this ripple effect you share and, and I've had people that listen to it, but again, going to a live show there's nothing like it. And this family member that went with me, just like, life-changing. It was so spiritual. I mean, there was, 
you're grinning ear to ear and then you're crying and then you're you're just so pumped up and now that person is sharing with other people and they're, they're you know the kids are listening to it and it is it's just this ripple effect once once you just get a little bit of taste and then you taste a little bit more and fill it and you know going back like i said i i've been a fan for a long time but the the depth has changed so much and sometimes i think that does you connect differently depending on where you're at in your life or what circumstances are or what you're going through but any chance that i have i'm sharing that i'm always constantly posting and people are asking and then i'll send them oh here's here's a couple of songs that i think you'll you'll like and and people are hooked if you've been a fan of blue october for any period of time and haven't been able to get to a live show yet no worries you're definitely not alone i had some people online share some of those wishes as well and maybe hearing this now will give you a little motivation or hope to make that happen when your time is right it will happen which brings us to brett a lovable texas fellow with an accent as big as his heart Brett had been that fan I was just describing. He grew up with Blue October, and for a number of years, every time he would try to make plans to see them, something in life would just come up. But finally, and just recently in fact, he was able to make it to his first show. First uh, concert. First Blue October My first concert. concert. Yeah. I got, th- I'm, I'm, it's Oklahoma City. I drove four hours to be there. I got there at eight in the morning, because with previous concerts I've been to, if you get there early, you know, you might get somewhere you want to be, like on the stage. I met Lynn Wooten and Neil Medioni, and I was meeting Kelly Caldwell there. She, you know, other blue fans I met on a fan page, and I didn't know Lynn. I didn't. I didn't know Neil. And they're like, "Are, are you here for the Blue October concert?" It's like, "Yeah, you know, my first one." And like oh okay cool well hey have a seat with us and I was like okay and here's an extra chair oh thank you you know just welcome me right in and I hadn't even met these ladies and they were just really cool Kelly shows up and you know we're all just having a really good time and I think it was about maybe 10 minutes to 12 that day and I remember looking at Kelly saying do you think they're here yet and she's like well let's walk around the building and look see we'll look at the tour bus and okay so we walk around the building. No, there's no tour bus there. I'm like, oh, they're not here yet. So we walk back around. We sit down. And man, it's not even five minutes later. I look just straight ahead at the corner of the street, and I see this really tall dude, and I see a guy just a little bit shorter than him, both clad in black, got a black leather jacket on. And I'm like, that looks like Justin and Will. So, you know, the ladies are talking. I'm like, hey. Is is that them right there? And they don't really hear me. And so I'm like, hey, is that Justin? And they just stop and look, and they're like, yeah, that's him. And uh, he turned around just as they say that, and sure enough, there's Justin right there with Will. And, you know, Justin's dad was a police officer. I'm a police officer, and, you know, Justin was one of my heroes growing up just because of what his music has done for me. And... So I brought him a patch from my department. Oh, cool. Okay. And, uh, so I walked up to him, and I said, Hey, Justin, can I can I talk to you for a minute? And Well, I'm on my way to an interview right now, a phone interview, and I'm going to get something to eat. And I was like, Okay, that's cool. I just wanted to give you this. And uh, 
He's like, oh, is that your patch? And I was like, yeah. And you're a cop? I am. Dude. And I said, yeah. I said, I've been, you've been one of my heroes since I was 15 years old. And he's like, man, come here. And he gives me a big old hug. Walk with me. And he's like, i got to do this interview, but I'm going to come out and talk to you afterwards. Okay. So, sure enough, they lived up to the word. Uh, Will and Justin come out. And I was more like, you know, fanboying right then, you know, because <laughs> yeah. I felt bad because I, I really didn't say anything to Will. But, I, you know, you got Justin Furstenfeld standing in front of you for the first time. What do you do? And my kid was a huge, uh, you know, fan at that point now. And she was supposed to go to that concert with me, but she couldn't because uh, she had missed too much school with a broken arm a few weeks prior. Okay. But he sent a video message to my kid. Oh, how and, sweet. Uh, wow. Oh, it was really great. Later, I see Ryan come by. He's on his phone. Hey, Ryan. Hello. He just kept going, you know. You know, we got to the meet and greet and that was neat you know just getting to meet all of them i have the crazy making book got it signed when the concert started we we got up right on stage so i'm sitting there going man i'm right here this is my first concert i'm against the stage this is so cool i didn't think it'd get any better so anyways they're singing into the ocean you know the concert starts and uh, i'm videoing it with my camera because i wanted to show my kid a lot of the stuff Justin walks up, fist bumps me. I get that on the camera. And at the end, you know, Will's doing, or not Will, excuse me, Ryan's doing his uh, ending violin to Into the Ocean. And he takes his bow and taps my camera with it. <laughs> and I'm like, that is so cool. And they start doing the rest of the songs. And when we get to shake it off, I'd stop recording because, you know, I wanted to enjoy it as well. So I'm looking to my right at Justin and Matt, and uh, I turn back to my left, and Ryan's right in my face, takes his guitar pick and shoves it on my forehead and walks off. And I'm like, okay, that's cool, you know. I kept it with me. And I, I just had such a blast there, you know. After the concert was done, it was, I call them my blue crew, Lynn, Lanil Kelly, uh, Topaz, Tim, uh, Chris Riley. We all get, went and get something to eat. And, uh, you know, I just, it was a great experience. So I had so much fun with that. That's what led up to the roadie of the day. What did he say right there? What what was he talking about, Brett? Roadie for a day? What? What is this roadie for a day you talk of? Well, a little sneak peek here because this episode is all about the live shows. The roadie for a day experience is something you can do with Blue October. It's a very special thing they offer to fans, and we're going to hear all about Brett's experience that day on another episode. And in fact, funny thing as well, both Brett and Dee Dee did the Roadie for a Day experience on the same day, and that's how Brett and myself got connected. Pretty awesome turn of events looking back on it. And while Brett waited years to see his first Blue concert and then arrived in the early AM the day of, even those who have seen them multiple times will do the same thing. And some go to farther degrees yet. Now, if you've seen the Blue October live from Texas DVD, then you've assuredly seen a guy in the front row, a little left of center stage, sometimes wearing glasses and sometimes not. And even after seeing dozens of shows, John's enthusiasm and passion for a Blue October concert does not wane. We just, you know, we kind of enjoyed waiting in line anyway. Some people don't really like waiting, and it's kind of fun just chilling out and hanging with everyone. And like then you I get to earlier. talk all kinds of Blue October stuff. Yes, of course. And okay. Nothing better than that. 
waiting in line for a couple hours is a little different <laughs> than how long, John? <laughs> I mean, and I'm totally giving you crap and outing you, but... <laughs> I mean, I think the longest we waited was three days, but that was for the DVD show. Yes. So that was like special specialty. And, you know, ever since they did Argue with the Tree back in 2004, I've been waiting for another DVD show. Um, so when we saw them post about it, I messaged Mercedes and we were like, all right, three days, we're doing it. And we did. So and it was over Thanksgiving break, so we didn't have work or school. So, you know, we spent our Thanksgiving break just sitting outside House of Blues and meeting people, hanging out with people, hanging out with each other. And I mean, those are like some memories that we are going to hold for the rest of our lives. And it was just a really great time. That's awesome. Yeah. Like you said earlier, if they played every one of their songs from beginning to end, it would be a long ass concert, right? Oh, but you sure. and I would both be there the whole time, <laughs> and we'd be ready for the next show. Yeah, we'd be like, wait, you're done? What? What? <laughs> you can't be done. <laughs> like when we just when we saw them in October. What were they playing for two plus hours or something? Oh, yeah, like they, they gave a good songs? set list. Yeah. It was quite a long time and didn't even, I mean, for cliche to say, but didn't even scratch the surface. Always just flies by. Yeah, doesn't it? And you're you're with friends. I was with new people that night, people who do knew nothing about the band and loved it. Oh, they nice. were in love with it. Yeah, and it was like, yep, I made three more Blue October fans. You know, the live shows are beyond, just kind of beyond description to a certain extent. And then the open book tour. I mean, what do you think about, how many open book tours have you been to? Not a whole lot. Um, okay. Maybe like seven or eight. I'm catching you. <laughs> I've been to two. Oh, bring it. Bring it. <laughs> bring it. No, I'm sure you're going to no, be I'm at everyone since. I'm just kidding. <laughs> yeah, I know. <laughs> but yeah, I mean, you know, sometimes the open book can kind of be a little repetitive. Mm-hmm. Um, but I mean, again, you know, it's just like seeing Justin and kind of having that feeling and hearing some of the songs is, and you know, if no one's been to an open book, you definitely need to check it out because it's it's just different than a typical Blue October show with, you know, the stories and the messages behind the songs and the things Justin's gone through that a lot of people connect with and it's just a really great time to hang out with Justin and just, you know, be there with him and, you know, a little different than a live show. But, you know, everyone experiences these Blue October feelings. You know, you go to a show and all these emotions and when it's over, you're like, fuck, I, I want to go again and, you know, wish it would just keep going. John is right on there. You need to see an open book show if you are able to. I put out a poll on both Instagram and Facebook on which was better, the full band or the open book shows, and the results were pretty split. Some who voted or commented also said that it was too tough a decision to make, and I can't fault them there. They are both incredibly unique experiences in their own right and need to each be shared. Well, that's all I have for episode 8, and I know that I could probably tomorrow talk to three or four times as many people as I did in this episode and get a whole bunch more descriptions, and we'd still be left feeling like it wasn't ever fully described. And maybe that's the fun in it, right? Instead of trying to keep finding the answers to why these shows affect us so much, let's just keep living the questions. Thank you again for listening, and until the next time you hear my voice, keep graceful dancing. And you're a superstar on your own. And I-